Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonek-Chanko, and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. This next conversation features Mary Edwards, the fitness director and a professional fitness trainer at Cooper Fitness Center, on the topic of personal training post-COVID. We talk about why the company decided to let trainers do in-home sessions during and after the club shutdown, the challenges and successes of launching an online training business, and how Mary is staying sane during this time. Enjoy. Well, first off, Mary, thank you so much for joining me on the Club Solutions podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, so the topic of today is personal training. And just to get started, can you kind of describe how Cooper Fitness pivoted your personal training operations during the club shutdown? I'm assuming that was back around March. Yes, ma'am. We shut down on, I believe it was March 17th. And then within about a week, we had to create a virtual option, which we used Zoom like most Americans, I guess, but we had to pivot and create that for our 28 personal trainers that we had and our small group training program. So we had to kind of download on our trainers on virtual training, kind of what we were expecting of them, get them familiar with the platform, and then for small group training, adjust registration options on the back end as well as marketing. A couple of other things that we did was we allowed our trainers to complete in-home training during the closure. And we did that just to provide an option for them to continue servicing clients. And then we also have a, we call it a Cooper training philosophy. And within that, we've created photos of exercises that we deem valuable with a professional photographer. We have those to be able to make more kind of PowerPoint oriented workouts to send to clients that were less inclined to do the technology option. Because there are those, right? That don't want to deal with Zoom or anything like that. So we had a an option for them to use that or idea fit. We use that as a, as a platform too for workout creation. And that's just to control the professionalism of the product and to provide again, options beyond kind of the virtual setting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I'm very curious about the in-home training because I know not, not that many clubs allowed their trainers to do that. And yeah, kind of talk a little bit about how that went. So were there any challenges that you had to overcome? What did it go better than you expected? It was, I have to give our leadership credit. That was their willingness to allow that to happen. And the whole point behind it was to provide instantaneous client care and to maintain that existing routine for those clients so that, you know, we were, we were all about helping the trainer continue servicing the client. And we wanted to be as transparent with our trainer team as possible and support them through that process. We knew we weren't going to lose any of them. We have a lot of faith in our membership base and the fact that they would come back and then our trainers would obviously return to as well. But that was an option to kind of provide some normalcy in a time that was just wheels off the bus, right? I mean, everything that those trainers had known had been turned upside down. And so to allow them to kind of maintain some consistency and schedule was, was the reason we did that. Most people would call us crazy and assume that we would get cleaned out by every trainer that we have, but we chose to trust them. And we made it clear kind of the ramifications that we had set in place for them. Some of the benefits for that is we had some extremely happy Cooper clients because they had the ability to keep seeing their trainer on a weekly basis and keep their routine. And that was huge for them. Huge brand loyalty and appreciation. So for the ability to allow us to send the trainer out to them, to come to them, that was a big deal. You know, they were glad that Cooper was willing to do that. They were, you know, appreciative of that effort. And then obviously, the end of the day, it was continued revenue for the club and the trainer. We were asking our trainers to bill through Cooper for that, and we were providing insurance coverage 
for them. You know, obviously in that day and time, people were concerned about COVID and getting COVID. And, you know, so that was a big deal to have kind of an, an overarching company kind of cover your back, right? If something was to go awry. The challenges for us was it was totally on the honor system. Again, people may think we're nuts, but a lot of our trainers here have been here for 15 plus years. We've had some here 25 years. They're part of the family. They're not going anywhere. They've built a client base. They want to maintain that client base. So we were working with that. Some obvious challenges were dealing with, obviously, clients not having equipment, right? And then trying to get equipment with everyone else in America trying to get equipment because the whole world was shut down. So every, you know, every piece of equipment was on back order, right? Forever. And then too, for the trainer, it was, it was hard on them because you've got, you get so many hours in the day, but you've had to add on travel time to and from. So the efficiency is it's thrown out the window. It's more about servicing the client. So it worked for us. We still have trainers that are doing that, even though we're back open, we still have trainers that are servicing clients in home because they're not yet ready to return to the club. And we intend to keep honoring that as long as people still feel a little uncomfortable returning to the club setting. Well, God forbid we ever have to do a shutdown again. But, yeah. you know, unfortunately, we are seeing in other countries that, you know, some are having to reclose. If, you know, a club were faced with that tough decision, what would be the two biggest pieces of advice that you'd give them if they did decide to let their trainers do in-home training? You know, I, I would say on the back end as an operator, back check. So be aware of who they were billing before, be in contact with them personally, see who they're seeing and just, just cross check what's going on. That's just good management, right? But I think one of the things we did is we called our trainers together and tried to just explain why we were doing what we're doing and, and reiterate the support that we had for them during this time. We were trying to help them kind of stay afloat. We also wanted them to have a job and a place to come back to work too, right? By keeping the company afloat. So we were just completely transparent and honest. And I, I think those are two big variables. Every company has to make their own decision, whether they offer that service or not, that arm of service, right? We chose to do it. It's worked for us. And I think our, our staff members have been very grateful for the support they've received from the company. Yeah. Well, now you guys, you know, are reopened at a limited capacity. You're doing personal training again in person. Can you share any challenges that, that you've experienced related to trainers returning to work at the club or what have been the biggest challenges? Yeah, you know, initially, kind of when we were still in closed mode, we had several of our trainers that were very fearful of just COVID in general, right? Fearful of being exposed, fearful of being in a gym setting with it. And that was just some personal conversations with them. We, you know, put them in contact with HR. Our HR department was handling kind of those conversations of what that looks like if you're in that scenario. Also too, in our demographic, our clients are somewhat more middle-aged. Our average age is about 54. We have probably an older demographic, but because of that, they kind of live in an age range where there are more kind of concerns, right? There's maybe some health risk factors or they're in an, in an age one of my clients called it the endangered species list, right? <laughs> so that, that's something that the trainer can't control that. You know, you have to respect it, support it, and be patient and wait. Some of those people are still not back to the club. So that was a big challenge because you, you haven't done anything to necessarily cause that to happen, but it has been dealt you. And so you have to be understanding. And then one of the biggest things as an operator that I was most probably shocked I caught off guard was just helping my trainers manage their own psychology. So their entire world was just ripped out from underneath them. You know, their, 
their fitness family, their workout space, you know, they're usually here all day, right? All of that gone immediately. And so a lot of them, it was, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear for the future, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty. How long would this last? What would it look like? Will I be able to survive? Will I be able to, you know, kind of withstand the, the test of time? And that was, again, a lot of phone calls, a lot of just checking in, personal contact. We set up a couple of Zoom meetings for our team just so they could kind of hear what each other were doing and just find some support within that group. But that was a big deal. I, I underestimated it. I knew myself I was going through that because I trained, but that was huge, huge. Yeah. Do you have any tactics or strategies that you found that have been really successful for, you know, growing a personal trainer's client list? Any bright spots? You know, uh, one of the big things on our side of the world for our PT department is they are commission-based. So automatically, right off the bat, there's a little bit of a fire underneath them to get back to business and grow the, their client book again. So that has kind of worked irregardless, right, of what I've done. But our company has taken an approach where we've tried to provide every option to them on site to be able to service the client. So we had some additional space in our hotel on site conference rooms that we removed all the conference furniture out of them and put in small equipment items like kettlebells, resistance tubing, stability balls, and made that space available for training one-on-one -on -one clients that were not comfortable coming into the gym setting. Or if they had a Zoom client, they could go someplace quiet on site do their session and then be able to get back to the club immediately. Whereas before they might have to travel home, then come back and it's too much time. So we really tried to find a way to meet them where they were at with that opportunity. We made outdoor training a possibility. Obviously when we reopened, it wasn't 112 degrees outside, but we put a, a small bin, really nice looking kind of pool storage bin that has vipers and tubes and kettlebells and things like that outdoors for them to access quickly if they wanted to train clients there. You know, and then obviously the, the reopening conversations, right? We had training before they came back. We have to have their buy-in. They're front line for us. They're the stickiest connection point for members. And so we had to make sure they're aware of all of our, our check-in processes, our cleaning processes, how to handle certain scenarios in conversation. What do you say, right? And just make sure they were up to speed on that. So prepping them, that was a big thing, I think, to get their buy-in, get their trust. They were seeing how we were handling the situation they felt safe, you know, and they felt like they had kind of a plan to come back because it was, it was so uncharted for all of us, right? There's no yeah. rule, right? There's no rule book for returning after COVID and all of a sudden you're required to make one up. And so sharing that with them and kind of showing them the direction we were going was, was extremely helpful. Yeah. Well, now that you are, you know, a few months in, is there anything that you guys have changed or learned throughout this whole process? You know, I think we're still, we're honestly still riding steady. I think we've, we still have the options for private training in the hotel. We're still utilizing that. We're still utilizing that for Zoom. We've reorganized kind of our small group training studio a little bit. We were just kind of reserving that for classes and then member workouts when classes were not in session. But now we've started reserving that for trainers to use outside of class time if the, if the client did not want to be on the main fitness floor. You know, some of the big challenges we've had, I think that every gym and operator could say they had is just the whole aspect of cleaning and staying up to speed on that and mask wearing and encouraging members to wear masks and just managing those processes, right? It's part of business now, unfortunately, which, you know, in some ways it's great, obviously, but it, may, it provides an additional challenge for the trainer because they are in the thick 
of that pot, right? They're on the fitness floor and all those things are happening. So just really trying to kind of stay up to speed on that and encouraging people through that process. Yeah. Is there anything that you've done that has been helpful to your trainers, you know, kind of navigating those tough circumstances? We've done some role play. I, I personally am, am checking in with them every two weeks or so. Like we're going to have a conversation either in person or I'm going to call you. I'm not going to shoot you a text. You know what I mean? Like I want to know how you're doing. I want to know how your mental well-being is. I want to know where your stress levels are. I want to hear your concerns and your questions. I've made it clear. I've got an open door policy. Please come see me. We do have a frontline staff in our club called Fitness Floor Associate, and they are strictly there for customer service. So we do have a little bit of a buffer line, essentially, between our member and our trainer. But just working with both of those groups, right, to be able to manage those conversations. Management has had to step in at some point and handle some of those conversations, but that's what it's all about. It's going to take a village, you know, to make that work. But I've found the, the constant connection with that team has been really helpful because we see them as very stoic, you know, get it done people that can work all day and never eat, take a bathroom break or having have any water. But the truth is, is that this has really kind of jarred a lot of them. Right. And so just really trying to kind of find ways to support them, you know, be it through encouragement or making sure they have what they need to get the job done. Yeah, and I think it's a good point, too, because, I mean, you know, similar to, like, going to the hair salon where you sit down in the chair and you tell your hairstylist about, you know, everything going on in your life. Trainers are oftentimes hearing that with their clients as well, and it can be mentally draining. Yeah, yeah. It's It's been interesting. I mean, and there is a lot to that. You, I, I remember telling someone when I got into the fitness industry, I had no idea that I was going to be a psychologist and a trainer. And if I had known that, I probably would have gotten like a psychology degree first and then got <laughs> a four-year degree in exercise science. But it is true. I mean, that's that's the point of impacting people's lifestyle, right? And when you do that, you learn about them, you invest in them, and you hear what's going on. And those are all valid and great conversations. But you do end up hearing a lot of opinions on the whole concept of COVID and the even the politics in this day and time. And we've just had to kind of help them be neutral as you can be cool as a cucumber, right? Because you, your job is to service. Your job is not to have an opinion right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about the online training business a little bit. Any bright spots in that area of the business that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, you know, for our, for our business, that was not something that we utilized at all, like period. We were all in person. It was all about kind of that high touch, high experience for the client. And so that has been a complete pivot per se for us to offer that you know for our personal trainer we utilize a zoom platform our company chose to cover the license for that so we're paying for the pts to have access to that to to be able to train their clients you know we've learned that sessions obviously when you're using zoom you can get a lot done in a short amount of time because nobody's having to move across the fitness floor so those session durations have shortened so usually 30 or 45 minutes we've had some of our clientele, they're just not interested in utilizing it, right? Based on kind of the age range, et cetera. We've tried to, you know, offer complimentary sessions, offer opportunities just to get on to the actual site and just feel it out and see what you think, expose them to it, right? We have some that have taken to it and we have some that haven't, right? So we're just dealing kind of with the reality of that. But we've been able to, while we were closed, I think people were able to maintain just at least a small base, right, of client load. During closure for our small group training, we offered two classes for the cost of one. 
It was all virtual. We ran that promo during the entire closure, which was two months long, and then up through June 1st. So shortly after we reopened, we reopened May 18th. But that has been huge. I mean, we've actually probably grown the number of people per classes in some of our, our busier time slots because people were able to jump in and and do it at home and use household items. We had them lifting, you know, bleach bottles or, you know, toolboxes, et cetera. And that's been a really helpful avenue because we still have probably a two thirds of our SGT classes are still virtual. So we haven't brought them back to the club. People are still operating in that mode. It's, it's worked well. It's obviously it's not working in some ways because we just have a, a clientele base. that's probably not as prone to that and it didn't exist before. So it, it is unknown. As far as pricing, that was one of the points I wanted to make. We didn't, except for SGT, we did not change the pricing on any of our virtual sessions. We don't offer packages. We don't offer reduced cost personal training sessions. So we wanted to hold steady with that while we were closed because obviously the value of the person that we're putting in front of them hasn't changed, even though there's no building and no obviously location for that. So we did not offer any promo pricing except for the time period when we were closed for, with small group. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Cause like you said, the, the person's paying for access to the highly educated professional that you're providing them access to. Right. Yeah. Would well, you think that you'll continue the online training business in some capacity moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. We've, we're actually starting a, a project now that I hope will help us better collaborate with our Cooper clinic and its patients that they have there. But we, we want to create a, our variation, right, of Cooper workout videos created by our personal trainers that can live online, create a library, you know, anything from 15 minutes core to HIIT training, which we run with heart rate monitoring that's, you know, it's not, it's very Cooperized, let me say that. <laughs> Strength training, balance, family workouts, youth training. So we're, we're pushing after being off and kind of having that exposure to Zoom and creating options that were more online. We're pushing to create an option that will live, that we can hopefully sell subscriptions to or service Cooper Clinic clients or even PT clients that may travel for, you know, one or two or three months during the summer, you can give them access to that. So be able to charge a fee for the time that they're gone. So that's something we're vetting out to not only benefit our personal training team, but also across campus. Well, what other pieces of advice could you share when it comes to just approaching personal training during this time, maybe for other PT managers and directors? You know, I, I'm, I will say I'm not the expert, but couple of things that I've learned, I guess, through this process, and, and I guess some of it stems from personal belief. I think we caution against an absolute redirection. You know what I mean? We as a fitness industry are offering great things. We're offering lifestyle modification. We're offering longevity. We're offering health and wellness. Those things will never go out of style, and they're never going to be something that we don't need. So I think it's good to you know, stick to what you were doing pre-COVID that was working, right? Don't forget the science of what we do. Don't forget the importance of just high level, sincere customer service and, and really trying to help people with their lifestyle modification. I think another thing is we've learned, obviously, immediately that the online is like, it's alive, it's real. It was there before, but it is like front and center right now. 
but I, I question like for our own population here, we may not be the same as everyone else, but do you scrap everything to run to that? And I would say no, at least for us, you know what I mean? That's why we're taking kind of the ability to make a, a library of workout videos. We're still allowing our trainers to use Zoom for online training. We're still letting it live, but we need to get back to the business that was so solid and strong for us before and to work in that direction. So knowing, knowing what you need to do with the new surge of like online popularity, right? And how does that work in your business? And third, I think identify opportunities for growth. You know, like I would say operators don't probably have as much time on their hands. PTs do, right? Because <laughs> they're waiting for clients to return. But this is a great time to evaluate processes and protocols that were just a little sticky before and how can you make them more efficient? It may be a great time to call your PTs that have more time on their hands, take their brain power, right? Let them think tank for you because they're in the trenches for you every day. They can tell you what's working and what's not working like fast, right? Because they're doing it. So it's a good opportunity to, to really try to kind of evolve what you're doing and make it as efficient and as effective as possible. And then finally, I think it cannot reiterate enough the just the value of, of team, team, team. I unfortunately, you know, I'm a I am a personal trainer. I'm also a fitness director to this group. So because I'm a personal trainer, I have a little bit of a personal trainer mindset where I'm kind of a get it done personality. I don't micromanage my team. I think they value that. But at the same time, I've also learned in this period of COVID, woo, be hands-on. You know what I mean? Like be more hands-on than I'm used to being because they need you. So I cannot reiterate the importance of constantly connecting with them and checking in. Like to the point ad nauseum, right? Where you're like, this is too much. It's not too much for them right now, right? Because they, they're, they're just, some of them are, they're still dealing. I still have people that, you know, I'm worried, <laughs> like they're fine, right? And they're, they're working and they're, you know, trying to stay connected with clients, but I know internally they're anxious. And so you, you want to look after them, you know, and like for us in our business, they're a extremely important part of what we do revenue wise. And it is from an operator standpoint, it is my responsibility to take care of them, right? And make sure that they have what they need, that they can be successful and that they feel valued within our company. So that would be kind of those four big take-homes to operators. Those would be my, my big things I've learned, obviously, through all this. And then two, just some realizations along the way. Yeah, I love that. And then how are you just personally staying sane throughout this time? <laughs> Any go-to things that, you know, help you kind of disconnect and recharge? Well, you know, I am probably as fit as I've ever been. <laughs> so that's what fitness industry people are doing. Like we are working out because, you know, it helps me manage stress. So that's been good. I feel like I've had more time to actually take care of myself on that regard. I'm trying to be more mindful of creative activities because I feel like for me, there's kind of a refresh button that gets hit when I do that. I'm not prone to want to do those things, but I, I definitely have been trying because I think it's been helpful to kind of unstick yourself from the madness that you're in Monday through Friday, Saturday, right? And for operators, it's probably seven days a week. The other thing is that I'm reading. So I'm just reading more, you know, and when we were closed, you're reading all the content you can get about COVID that you can stomach. But now I'm, I'm reading things about, you know, like intermittent fasting or Parkinson's disease, subjects that I've been interested in. I just wanted to learn a little more about. So it's, you know, trying to find ways to invest. I think every day is a management opportunity for all of us with our psychology. And there'll be days that you're good and there'll be days that you're not so good. Right. 
And it's just understanding that this is a process. It will eventually resolve itself. We will all be better and stronger on the other side, but taking the opportunity, just little bites at a time to do what you can to help yourself get through it is, is essential, especially if you're an operator, especially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah giving yourself grace is super important right now. Yeah. No matter so, what position you're in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have any other questions. Is, is there anything else that you feel would be beneficial to the club solutions audience? You know, no, I think just sharing kind of the, the tips for operators and things like that. I think we all have our own list that we could shout out. Right. But I think sometimes those are things that people won't say, right, that they've learned or that they feel like they need to do. But it, the truth is, is we're all dealing in the same manner. So that would be my best advice. Other than that, I just I hope everyone is well and safe. I'm hoping the, the best for our industry and our country and that we can rebound and move forward. I'm, I'm positive. I'm optimistic. Our company is. And I hope the same for others.